Well, it's about time that we have our first podcast between three people that have should have had it for a while. This is the number one hockey cast. I'm really excited to uh, to bring what I hope is a lot of fun throughout the hot flyer season. This is probably the first flyer season in a lot of years that I am absolutely psyched for. And I don't have to hate my team and myself throughout the next six to seven months as we watch hopefully a pretty fun, youthful team take the ice. So I just want to do a quick introduction for everybody. And obviously, these are going to be people that you know already pretty well. But we'll start off. We have Joe McIntyre, Dr. Pizza on Twitter. Um, he's an official pizza doctor, and he got his doctorate from Penn State. It's an incredible program. Um, to my right, sitting right across from me, is the very famous Dan Klausner. Dan, do you want to say anything? It took us an hour and a half just to set up the microphone and figure out how to use GarageBand, and I think it's like the version that's six years old, so I had to go to a YouTube one from 2010, and then I had to call John Bartred, but we're good. Everything's, everything's going to be okay. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, it actually reminds me a lot of the way the Flyers are built, um, and, and again, this is going to be hockey-centric, but mostly Flyers-based, and, and I don't want it to be normal. We're going to bring a lot of hot takes and everything for you, but... Let's just jump right into it. Um, the final rosters were released today. Um, there are definitely, obviously, we're missing some players or opening night, but eventually we're going to get back Braden Chen, Radko Gudis, Michael Delzato, and Scott Lawton. So I'm going to kick it to Joe, and here's what I want to know. I want to know, do all four players come back and get a spot? Now, obviously, three are pretty easy, but there's a fourth player on there, and we have a lot of, <laughs> we have a lot of similar tiered players. What do you think happens with Scott Lawton when he comes back? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, uh, whether when Lawton comes back, um, who kind of goes away. So getting it uh, out of the way to kind of start off with, when Shen comes back, um, you're obviously most likely going to see Chris Vandevelde sent down in the minors. Um, and then when Delzato comes back, you're going to see either Brandon Manning uh, go away or um, or Andrew McDonald and then vice versa for when Racco Gudis goes back. Um, so the big question becomes whether Scott Lawton, um, when he comes back, when he's healthy, um, does he crack the lineup now? Uh, you have a couple options. You could send um, a guy like uh, Pierre Edward Belmar uh, somewhere else. Uh, uh, Dan says no, but uh, it's, a, it's a very good possibility. So, I mean, there are a couple options. You could send Boyd Gordon uh, off the lineup. But I think, honestly, when uh, Lawton's healthy, he gets sent down to the minors, um, and we don't see him again until another injury. Um, assuming all things are going well now, that assumes that the team is playing well if the team is not playing well. Um, different things can happen. So I think that when Lawton comes back, we don't see him. Um, he gets healthy. He's either a scratch or gets net down in the minors. So um, things can change, but that's, that's what I'm thinking right now. And I was going to say that, um, you know, it's probably best for Scott Lawton to perhaps go to the minors and get regular top six minutes instead of being a, a healthy scratch here with the Flyers or, you know, be he's probably more suited to be a bottom six player instead of a scratch. But I think you'd much rather him get his confidence back, you know, be able to play with some more talented players in the uh, in the AHL, be a top six guy. And who knows if he if he does perform well down there and he comes back up when there's an injury and there there will be an injury, you might have yourself another top nine guy who can slot in all over the lineup instead of the guy who, you know, has kind of looked lost his uh, first few seasons here with the Flyers. So I'm not going to – I don't know what the Flyers may do. It's a tough decision, but I'll tell you what I want to see. And, and if you watch the Penguins, which I had to stop because it made me literally ill. 
Um, and I think I, after the Eastern Conference Finals, I was done. But if you watch them in the playoffs, and everybody who's going to listen to this absolutely did, speed kills. Scott Lawton brings speed. He brings foot speed. He brings, he brings quickness. Um, he brings that in the offensive zone. Um, and it's perfect for the way Dave Haxtell has his forechecking system. And it is supposed to be like a buzzsaw. And when you have the speed to beat those defenders from wall out, that's what actually gives you the advantage. I, I think they got to get rid of all of these bulky guys like the Chris Vandeveldes and Boyd Gordon's Gord going to give you arguably nothing. Uh, he's going to give you face-off wins, and that has been proven time and time again to be a very overrated stat. I think they're going to find out very quickly he's better suited as your extra forward, your extra guy. And I think that they should give they should drop Belmar down back to his his normal position, which is a four C, and they should add Lawton back to what I guess would amount to the third center. Um, that's what I, I don't know if I see that happening. That's what I think should happen. Again, your lineup should be about optimization. Um, and, and I think that when you look at the way the flyers are designed, you have a lot, you have defensemen now with foot speed. Even Andrew McDonald has foot speed. Like it's not a slow defense anymore. You're going to want to capture that as you move up the ice. I think the only way to do that is by having Lawton in the lineup. Yeah. I think someone we also forgot to mention, uh, who could be waived is Matt Reed. Yeah. Um, He's someone who could be a candidate uh, to be to get drafted by Las Vegas um, if they really want a bad player in their team. He'd be a perfect guy, um, but I think he's someone that, if all things are going well, there's a really good chance that he's not playing well because he's not very good. Um, so he he could be someone who's waived uh, a la Andrew McDonald of last year. So um, he's also in the mix to be sent down. So we'll see. Well, two things. Um, number one, I, I just realized I never introduced myself. So I'm Jason Aversano, Jason AAV on Twitter. Um, and the second thing is I actually own a Matt Reed jersey, so this is a very hard conversation for me. I feel like every jersey I ever buy, they're pl- I own a Michael Kendricks jersey. What am I even doing? I own a Silas Red jersey. <laughs> he, left, he literally transferred from Penn State. It's frustrating. But anyway, I want to ask another question, and, and I agree. I think Matt Reed has value in the NHL. I don't know how much value he has on this team anymore because he's okay defensively, um, and I know he can kill some penalties because he's out there, but I don't really know how effective he is. And I think that we have some younger kids that can do the job, honestly. And, and if he's not going to score, then we can take him and his salary and get him on out of here. So here's my question, and we're going to go in reverse, so I'll kick it over to Dan then. So there's obviously a lot to be excited about this year. Everybody I talk to and interact with is so excited because there's so much happening with this team that has a different dynamic than other years. You know, we were getting ready for, like, Pavel Kubina and Ilya Brizgalov, and it was horrifically sad. But now we're, we legitimately have a good squad and a fun squad to root for. Um, so what are you most excited about this year that is not named Ivan Provorov or Konechny? And that's what I want to know because it's, it's easy to pick those two. So where are you at? Uh, I actually have two things. The first one is that I, I, I'm pretty confident this will be the last year that we have to watch um, Nick Schultz and, uh, and uh, Andrew McDonald, hopefully. And, you know, we'll see. Hopefully Las Vegas takes Andrew McDonald off of our hands. But who knows? I think this is the last year that we're going to see some actively bad players on defense on our roster. And the second thing is I'm really excited for Jake Voracek to have a bounce-back season. I think you're going to see the Jake Voracek from... 2014, 2015, motivated. You know, there's he, was, he had some injuries last year. He had a insanely low low shooting percentage, like you know, under one yeah. percent, which it wasn't, but it might as well have been. <laughs> and I, he just he looks so much better in the preseason too. And I think he think I actually think he's going to set his career high in goals, which is right now I think it's 23. I think he's going to be a guy who gets 25 goals, 50 assists, and he's somewhere in between 70 and 80 points. And he's that dominant first line winger 
uh, you know, possession driver that we're used to seeing and that was very worthy of the contract that he got. So I'll pass it over to Joe for his thoughts. Uh, yeah, so aside from the two um, the two things that Dan mentioned, which I am also excited for, um, one player who I've ripped for almost his entire career um, for different reasons, I feel like, than a lot of people on Twitter have uh, is Sean Couturier. Um, I, gr- I Granted, I recognized his defensive prowess and how good he was there, um, but I always felt like there was more in the tank offensively and just never gave it um, one of the most frustrating players to watch because you can kind of see his skill, you can see his strength, and he could just never find the back of the net. Um, set a career high in points last year with, I think, 39 um, and was injured for the first time in his career. Um, and this year, I think finally, he's just so perfectly set for that breakout year offensively that we were waiting for. Um, we know what he can do defensively. We know how amazing he is in the defensive zone and in the neutral zone. Um, but for him to be paired with Jake Voracek uh, and Travis Konechny for an entire year, I think he's set to have a 50-plus at least point season. Um, and with those two linemates, I think he could potentially hit 55 to 60. So um, really excited to see what he can do this year offensively. Um, to kind of take that next step, considering he's only, what, 23 years old, uh, hasn't really even hit his prime yet, so he's someone I'm really excited for. All right, so uh, once Dan hit two, and then I realized that I guess there are equal things that I'm looking forward to this year, so I'm going to just say one in passing um, because I don't want to take up too much time on it, but I'm really excited for the goaltending tandem this year. It is actually a joke a long-running joke in Philadelphia by the national media, which is so clever and hilarious, and I, I applaud them so much. But that Philadelphia's goaltending is always the league's worst. But I can make a very strong argument that we're by far the league's best. And I don't think it's remotely close. You're going to have a bunch of really top-end goalies playing 65 games. It's way too many. You can basically split Mason and, and, and Nuvi and, and have an elite goaltending tandem that takes you into the playoffs. And I'm really excited for that. But the real thing I'm excited about and it's small, but it's, it's something that has probably frustrated everybody, and you're going to remember it once I say it. Power play two. The second power play group has been garbage. Complete garbage. Ineffective, time-wasting. That's all it does. It's just a two-minute time-waster when they're on the ice. They actually have real talent this year. You're going to be able to put a connect me on the ice. You're not going to have Matt Reed, who can't score at all. Or Michael Raffle, who also can't score. And I know he is adorably cute or something. I don't know. Really good dresser. That was, a, I guess, I don't know. He eats at good restaurants, so we need to definitely re-sign him. But I'm really excited that we have the threat, the credible threat on, on the power play this year on both units. It's going to be don't, – you don't want to take penalties against the Flyers this year. They're going to make you pay. And that was a big thing when you look at the good teams, the, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, that was some of the stuff that they did. You, you, even if it was a, a BS penalty, you just got buried instantly within the first 30 seconds, and it's a backbreaker. So – now that we covered a few different things, um, I want to know where you see the Flyers going this year. Um, you don't have to necessarily give me granular numbers, but I'm curious as to where do you think the Flyers finish? How far do you think they go? Um, who do you think stands out for you? And we'll go in... Actually, you know what? I'll start this time. Um, I, I see the Flyers... I saw them last year as a team that overachieved big time. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Flyers look exactly the same as last year, but more pre- impressive. You know, I think we're going to spend the year looking a lot more like the second-half team of last year. I don't know if it actually equates to more points, but I think we're more dangerous come playoff time. I think we do get out of the first round. I would not want to have to play the Flyers, which is actually coming at you with two scoring lines now, solid goaltending, 
a very fast defense. Um, and I think by the end of the season, you're going to see the line combinations and the, the lineup optimization really taking off, right? I think it's going to struggle in the beginning, but that's what, that's where I think we go. I think second round's probably where we're at this year. If we go a little bit below that first round, I'm not upset. I know that there are kids out there. If we go beyond that, then, I mean, that's just gravy. So that's kind of where I see us going this year. Uh, yeah, I think on paper, uh, the Flyers are the fifth best team in the East. Uh, you got, you know, the Penguins, the Capitals, uh, the Panthers, and the Lightning. And I think the Flyers are right there at five. Uh, you can certainly make an argument for a few other teams uh, based off of who's healthy and goal for Montreal. Um, you can make an argument for Carolina. You can make an argument for, I guess, the Islanders. But, I mean, there are very few teams really um, beyond those top four uh, and then the Flyers. You really can kind of compete um, at that same level. I mean, for the most part also, the teams after the, the Flyers um, are all heading down. Um, even the even the four at the top, um, beside from, I guess, Florida um, and the Lightning, are all headed down while the Flyers are headed on their way up. So uh, I think, like Jason, I think they're going to be a similar team points-wise. Um, I think first round is um, first round exit is fine. Second round exit is gravy. Uh, I think that'd be great to exit in the second round. Yeah. Um, but I think fifth best team in the ECC – some progress um, with the young guys. You see some of the older guys getting less and less playing time and getting their way out. Um, but I think you'll see them as kind of like that third team uh, in the Metro division and setting themselves up for an awesome year uh, and becoming elite in the following year. And uh, I pretty much see the same thing. You know, top three team in the Metro, top five, top six team in the East. I actually think the Panthers now with uh, Huberto out and Bukestad's also out, so they yeah. might struggle a little bit. Uh, Lightning, um, Caps, and Penguins are clear, you know, clear cream, cream of the crop. And then it's, yeah. you know, a bunch of other teams that could sneak in, and uh, you know, it's wide open after that. You know, I think there's a really specific tier one, and then tier two could be whoever. You know, the yeah. the, the Devils do weird devil stuff with Taylor Hall, and you know, we know we all know PA Parento is gonna go thirty thirty with them too, just because <laughs> on their first line, just because that's yeah, that's what happens that's when you when when you're when you're a recycled player on the Devils. So. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, you look at the Flyers, it's a top six that should be as good as any team in the league, the best goalie tandem in the league, and it's, it's going to be a little rough sledding in those first 10 games with the defense, but once, you know, Gudis comes back and Delzato comes back and all that, I think, you know, I think they're really going to start taking off um, probably sometime in December, January, which is usually when they, like, they struggle a little bit, and I, I think that it's, you know, instead of being that team that's on the fringe looking into the playoffs, they're going to be that team that's pretty squarely in the playoff picture throughout and it's just a matter of where they finish exactly um they're a year ahead of schedule we said it last year too so they're now even you know they're another year ahead of schedule connecting making the team and uh i'll be disappointed if they don't make it out of the first round to be honest i know that's you know everybody's saying that would be good to get there you know but i but uh, i think this is a team that should win that they're ready to win around in the playoffs and um you know we'll see what goes from there they really don't have anything to lose and they should be a dangerous team so go back to jason on the show here. <laughs> All right, so we have we have a few minutes left, and there's a there's a few more topics I want to cover. So really quickly, I want to know two things: who your cup pick is. So I want to know who who be two. You can give me how many games, but it arguably doesn't matter. Your six is always going to be the answer anyway. So um, we'll just assume six. Um, and I also want to know who you think the first coach is fired in the NHL. And we'll go we'll go back to Dan. We'll go around that way. Uh, but it's interesting because this is a year where the Western Conference, which is usually dominated, and we've had very you know specific teams at the top, Chicago's, the LA's, maybe are not quite there anymore, especially LA. So like, are they the teams that are still 
up near the top, but there are going to be new blood in the Western Conference. I'm interested to hear it. So, oh, this caught me off guard. Um, the only really the one, Giants, who, <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Giants have a chance this year. Uh, uh, I, I think the Lightning are pretty clearly the best team in the league. Um, you know, even you know, forget actually forget Mason and Nuvi. I guess Vasiliev and Bishop is the best goalie tandem. So we'll we'll settle for number two. But um, you know, I think that they're going to be your Cup champion. And for whatever reason, while Jason was talking, it's like a weird thing that popped in my mind. You know, do I do I pick the Minnesota Wild to come out of the West? Do I do I do, I do that on our first episode? No, Bruce Boudreau. No. So I mean, you know, I I think that you're probably going to have something like the. I still think the Sharks are really good. Um, you know, I, I'm not ready for the Kings or maybe the Blackhawks. I don't know. I really hate going first here because I don't really have a lot of time to think about it. So. My my cup pick is is the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in six games over who? Not sure it matters, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna think about it a little bit more while Joe's talking. Fire. So you know. Wait wait head coach, who's first? first well, it's John Tortorella is the answer here, real easy, um, which sucks. But I mean, like I wish it could be Randy Carlisle getting fired on his first month on the job, <laughs> but it's not not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, it's just gonna be like, well, why why are the Ducks so bad? You know, and so shocking. So. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, if I were a fan of. Honestly, any other team, um, and the Penguins hadn't won last year, I'd probably say the Penguins. Um, but I don't want to pick them because I'd rather die than see them <laughs> win again. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, the St. Louis Blues. Um, they will never win the Cup, uh, but I was going to pick the Lightning, So da- and Dan picked the Lightning, yeah. so I'll go with the Blues. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Blues over Lightning. Um, I think it could be fun to see Hitchcock kind of go out on his way uh, to go, go out on a high note. Yeah, um, but I really don't think they'll win. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Lightning win. I think they're a fantastic team. Uh, I just don't want to see the Penguins win. Please, God, if you're out there, do not <laughs> let the Penguins win. Um, and my first coach fired, Tortorella, also a great option. Um, I want to go with Claude Julien. I don't think he deserves it. I think he's a really good coach. Um, but I would not be surprised to see the Bruins struggle because they're not a very good team um, and kind of see him be kind of the fallback and the, the guy that they blame for whatever the hell it is that they're doing up there, uh, general manager-wise. So I think I think uh, Claude Julien could be one of the guys out, but there are a lot of options. There are a lot of bad coaches that somehow have jobs in this league, um, and Claude Julien's one of the good ones, and I think he's going to be the first one fired. All right, so I also don't think that the Kansas City hockey ice hockey team repeats this year, um, though it's incredible what they have done for the market in Kansas City. You can just, last year, as the run through the playoffs, the barbecue was popping. It was amazing. Andy Reid was at all the games. I think it was, I think it was great for the growth of hockey. I really do. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't remember where they moved from, but that city was garbage. It was just full of terrible people. But anyway, so I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I think that your Stanley Cup champion is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they, the Nashville Predators are going to have an outstanding season. I think that they're set up for success. And here's the thing about Laviolette is he's like a star. So eventually the supernova happens and and he's got to move on. This is that kind of, this is the year. This is the year where the light is really the brightest with him. And they have a lot of talent. Like they have a lot of legitimately good talent. You saw the playoffs last year. They did a good job. So I'm interested to see where they are this year. They got rid of their dead anchor, Shea Weber, which is he good? Fine. It doesn't matter. They upgraded so so much by getting P.K. Subban. And the coach that I think is going to be fired um, this year, um, the first coach I think is going to be Jeff Blashill 
for the Detroit Red Wings. Because there's a lot of expectations in Detroit. Pavel Datsuk is gone. They sent away all the rookies for some reason. I think there's a lot of pressure on, on them to succeed the way the Red Wings have always succeeded. I think they come out of the gates not only slow, but I think horrific. And I think they make a change right around November 15th, December 1st, somewhere in there. I think you're going to look to see maybe they promote somebody else. You got, you got more, Dan? All right. Well, you know, as, <laughs> seeing as how I gave away the mic, and as soon as I did, I was like, oh, you crap, I should have had Nashville. You know, should have been Nashville because of PK and Lavi and Rene. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to say screw everybody and go completely off the board and say uh, the Calgary Flames in a rematch of the uh, 2004 Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Brian That's Elliott, it. you know, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Mark Giordano. I yeah. think that they have um, – Okay, Martin Jelena's coming back. He's going to be on the wing for the first line with Goudreau. So give me the lightning over the uh, flames in in the series 12 years later that effectively ruins the NHL again and causes another lockout. All right, so before we wrap it up here, we're going to get to um, our favorite Flyers memory. Now it can be in person, on TV, your first one. But just your favorite, and there's a million to choose from, and a lot of them are probably at the same tier, but you're just going to have to go with one. Um, but before I do that, I just want to say that the Radko Gouda suspension is nothing short of abhorrent. It's an abhorrent move by the NHL. They're not, number one, they're not protecting the players at all. They don't care. That's just a fact. If they did, they would institute the bear-hugging rule, and they would stop players from getting boarded literally every single week. But they don't care at all. This was... Not This was a normal check. It happens four or five times every single game, preseason, regular season, playoffs. It just so happens that he hit a guy that's three foot five. That's it. That's the crime. The crime is that, the, you know what, make a rule that says you're only allowed to hit players your size now. That's the new NHL. where you, If you're a big player, you, you're not allowed to hit anybody because you may give them a boo-boo. That's it. It's actually ridiculous. And if I was... Um, Ed Snyder, I would die. <laughs> so that's what I <laughs> that's what I would do. So, but obviously that can't happen. So that's why he was suspended six games. So anyway, I just I had to go on my goodest rant. Um, I can't wait for him to come back, and I can't wait for him to start rifling pucks at the net again at an unbelievable rate. He's going to score, I think, eighty goals this year. I think is a safe number for Gudis. So we're gonna we're gonna go Joe, Dan, and then me for favorite Flyers memory. Um, as long as you give me the thumbs up and that you have one, I'll go with you first. So he does have one. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Pizza. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to eliminate 2004 uh, and 2010 because uh, those were by far the greatest years uh, of all time. Uh, so I'll go with the 2012 playoffs, uh, that series against the Penguins, uh, the entire series itself. Um, I had just, well, just started, I guess, dating my girlfriend who's from Pittsburgh. Uh, and we, we bet on every game. Uh, Natalie, I love you so much. Uh, <laughs> we bet on every game, and I won every single bet. Uh, it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Uh, I don't think there will ever be another moment uh, like, like, like any game in that series where we no. just destroyed the team I hated more than anything else in the entire world. Yeah. Uh, and to get to walk around Penn State's campus and see all the Penguins fans in their stupid-ass Sidney Crosby jerseys with mayonnaise stains all over it them, tags. just crying tags. into them, uh, it was the greatest week of my life. So I think it's, it couldn't be more than that. Uh, that's a great one. Um, no, that was awesome. And, and I think the really cool thing about that series was that it got the national media talking. Like, Flyers-Penguins led off, pardon the interruption, Sports Center. People in the United States cared about hockey again, and they never have since or ever will again. It was just like a really... 
It was it had everything, you know. It was an affront to anybody who values defense and hockey, and that's why the Flyers lost in five games really quickly to the Devils the next round. But you know, it's it's hard to to go against that as an option if we're not doing 2004 and 2010. Um, I guess my favorite then would be I'm a little bit uh, older. Uh, my, uh, yeah, it was the you know 97, the run to the Cup. Um, you know, sweeping the Rangers. Maybe it was five games, something like that. I remember calling my dad, um, you know, um, yeah, calling my dad, dad, where are you? Are you listening to the podcast? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, calling him and being like, oh my, I was thinking I was nine years old and I was like, this is so cool. You know, we're about to beat the Rangers and go. And he's like, what sport are you talking about? So, um, you know, and, uh, it was, it was something that I remember very vividly, just like, you know, my first Flyers game was like 95, I think against the Devils and the Spectrum, uh, that first lockout season. And, um, since I can't go with Jeremy Roenick top shelfing Ed Belfour to uh, to take us on to uh, Tampa Bay, I guess I'll go with uh, you know beating the Rangers to go to the Stanley Cup final in '97. So, give it over to Jason here. So yeah, so if we're eliminating 2010 and 2004, I would have gone. There is a specific memory in 2004, but I won't even talk about it because it's dead. Because Joe <laughs> killed it. So, um, and obviously condolences about your dad. That's okay. Um, and I I, I mean that because I'm a good guy. So. My dad's not dead, by the way. <laughs> no, wait, he left. He left, yeah. <laughs> he got he cigarettes. Like, he will like literally he never come back. He doesn't like sports. Nope. Um, so it's actually more of a personal memory for me when I was really getting into hockey. And, and I really was like the only person in my school at the time, elementary school, middle school. I was like walking around with like, you know, the Black Mark Recce jersey and a Lindros jersey. And, and no one else was really watching hockey at the time. Or at least I didn't know if they were or not because no one talked to me. So um, I was probably eight or nine years old. I may have been double digits, but I, I doubt it. And I was, I went to the game. My dad would always take me to the game. His accountant used to get these really dope tickets. So he used to get one of two. One was two rows behind the Flyers bench. Two rows. I'm like eight and you know, it's amazing. I'm hearing like John LeClaire screaming at Kent Manderville how bad he is at hockey and how he wants to hit him. And it was great. But there was another section and I would sit in row 13 and it was right before you entered the corner. Um, and we were, it was warm-ups. And so there wasn't a ton of people there, but there was this old woman sitting behind me, and she had a Christmas sweater on. It was like a Christmas. It wasn't a Christmas game, but we were in December. And she, this is an old woman. Like, as I go into my memory bank and I look, this is the oldest woman maybe of all time. Okay, that's what I imagine. And I, again, I made her nine. And this is before the Nets. So practice, you know, whoever hits it off, the uh, crossbar clanks right over the glass. It's coming to me, but it's like a little bit too high, arcing down, and it's coming in like really fast. So I don't have time to like get up and get it, and it lands, and I hear this splatter noise, which obviously I think this old lady is dead, <laughs> and she was. <laughs> so I turn around, and the puck has actually landed in her nachos, and ha- the na- the cheese is gone. It's all over her, and she just looks at me, and she goes, a puck. <laughs> that was it and that was for some reason that memory always sticks out to me because I was again I was just me and my dad at a Flyers game and when you go back and you think about that stuff it's important that's that's what got me into it those memories of Flyers games so that's what I wanted to pick but if, obviously if it was Flyers related um, I'd have to pick something from 2004 I think was probably my favorite run so um, 27 minutes we whoever's going to be listening to this at this point we obviously really appreciate it um, and also you should probably get checked because I think that you are a psychopath, quite frankly. Um, so we're going to do just some, some final thoughts here. I know Dan wanted to kick it off, um, and we'll kind of go back around and, and end it. But, again, this is going to be 
a few times a month. Um, we hope you come along for the whole season with us because we're really excited about it. And we spent way too much money on GarageBand stuff to have this go to waste. So you will become fans of, of this podcast. Uh, specifically on that 97 uh, Flyers Rangers series, it was the game where I, guess, I think it was game four, maybe, where Lindros scored with like under, uh, you know, maybe it was under like 15, yeah. under 20 seconds yeah. left. And you have Richter sliding into the net with his skate yeah. and just being completely dejected. And, <laughs> you know, as Lindros celebrates, uh, I'm going to have to go watch it on YouTube a few times after this. Ooh. Just, uh, you know, one of those, one of those yeah, things. So, uh, uh, a couple other final thoughts. Uh, one that's not so great is I wonder, um, if this is the year that we start to see Claude Giroux uh, start to decline a little bit, you know, um, never going to happen, I hope, but it will, given, you know, just the nature of his game, his size, and, you know, whether that means that he's going to end up being like a number two center into his 30, which, 30s, which is, I think, something that we're all, pre- uh, you know, preparing ourselves and bracing ourselves for, but, like, is this a season where, you know, he ends up being a player who scores 60 points, you know, and it's just, it's pretty obvious that he might not be your 1C anymore, and, uh, you know, I hope he listens to this because he'd get really pissed off and play really well this season as well as curse all of our names. So, Claude, if you're out there, I'm, I'm starting to doubt you as one of your longest fans. And, uh, you know, I think it should, should give us a big F you, especially after the, uh, the World, Cup, uh, World Cup of Hockey slight as well. So, uh, so uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I've said before that 2017, 2018 was going to be the arrival of the team. Like, that's when it really begins, but I do think that it's now 2016-2017 with Provorov and Konechny making the team and that, um, you know, I think we're going to win a Stanley Cup within the next four years. Um, we're going to have to decide on which goalie is going to take us there after the season, whether it's Mason or Neuwirth or one of the kids, but, um, you know, we're, we're in a better position than we've been in as long as I can remember, probably, you know, since we had Richards and Carter coming up uh, right after the lockout, so, and we don't have Darian Hatcher or Mike Rathje, which is nice, so I'll give it over to Joe. Yeah, final thoughts. I uh, want to give a couple predictions uh, on connecting and Provost since we kind of ignored them because they've been talked about uh, so much on social media uh, and in the regular media by, you know, all stars like Tim Panaccio, obviously, who are, you know, the best writers out there. <laughs> Inspirational. Uh, inspirational. Um, I think we're looking at Konechny, uh, poten- I'm predicting a 42 point season. Um, yeah. He's going to be, I think he's going to be fantastic uh, on the on Kateri's wing. I'm picking like 18 goals. Um, and Provorov, uh, Calder, Calder, uh, Calder Cannon. I don't say Calder winner because I need to see wh- how it else pans out Austin with Matthews. Austin Matthews. Yeah. Um, but I think he's definitely a candidate. We're going to have two straight years um, of Calder finalists uh, in Philadelphia. And I think he's going to put up, you know, 30, 30 something points uh, and just be a rock back there. I mean, he's yeah. going to look like a veteran that we honestly haven't seen in, in years here. So it's gonna be Carson Wensian. Yeah, it's going to be. Unbelievable. Um, things are going things are going well in Philadelphia, so we can only expect that um, something terrible is going to happen in the next few weeks to destroy our happiness. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun season. Um, and side note, if you're going to the home opener, all three of us, plus our friend John Cheddar, uh, who will be on the podcast later this year, um, will be at the game. So please uh, hit us up on Twitter and buy us beer. Uh, copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> So my final thought, we've, we've touched a lot on the Flyers. Um, I just want to give, it's almost, a sh- it's kind of a shout out, but I just, it's more of a reminder for me, a forceful reminder. Stop reading the beat writers. They're all garbage. And I would say that to their faces. I think they're all horrendous. I think this is the worst beat writing crew in the entire world. If you're not reading Charlie O'Connor for Broad Street Hockey, you're missing out. He, what he's writing right now is up there with any beat writer in the NHL. 
comprehensive. It is complex. It is in depth, and it is a ton of articles a week. It's they're not pressers. They're not game recaps. They are legitimate, in-depth. Um, you know, sit down and you'll learn some things. Type articles. You have to be reading that guy. And if you're not, and you're only reading Sam Carcitti, which I can't because he blocked me because he's a baby, uh, then you're not. You're wasting your time. And I just wanted to get that out there because I think it's so key, especially now with with the way that whole industry is sitting. The people that deserve to be read, um, you know, I want to make sure that they get their name out there. So, not that you don't know, especially if you're listening to this, who that is, but make sure that you continue to read and, and yeah, well, yeah, really, all the blogs are doing a fantastic job. That's a good point by Dan. I mean, Bros. Hockey obviously is is the leader of the pack, but Sons of Pens they do a great job as well. Um, Look for Dan. That's right. This is actually going to be on Crossing Broad. So I just want to say shout out to our host, Kyle Scott. Funny story. Joe and I had a radio show at Penn State in college. One of our first guests on the show, it, it was probably 2010, maybe 2011. Kyle Scott was one of our first guests on the show. So it was back in the Flyer Sabres series when Billy Leno went, Ooh, yeah, yeah, it went nuts. Um, and so, yeah, so I, it's, it's kind of cool that it'll be, uh, it'll be stacked up on there. And, yeah, check out Dan on Crossing Broad. He, you know, he started at Bleeding Green Nation. Um, I'm going to be getting credentials for Flyers games. Very cool. Like, uh, being at the game and stuff. So. That's awesome. Yeah, Dan's going to do an awesome job for us. And, and we hope that you guys follow this podcast for nothing more than sheer entertainment. That's what we're here for. Obviously, if you follow any of us, that's really all we care about. And, this. and yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> the number one hockey boys is very serious stuff. Joe will let you guys know when that's coming out. Um, we may, and I don't, it definitely won't be every time, but we may have a special release episode at some point in the year, and we may have a special guest on to help us do that. I hope so. So, yeah, guys, stay tuned. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you have any, uh, you know, basically any, any topics you want us to cover next time we do it, let us know because we'd be happy to kind of answer questions and, and kind of jab with you guys. So, and also, if you want to be a guest, hit us up on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for intro and outro music. This is as amateur as it gets because we, we literally have nothing. It's just the three of us sitting on a couch passing around a microphone. Drinking. Um, you know, I think we've stopped this podcast once so far. So, uh, but yeah, if you have any recommendations, you want to tell us how much we suck, how much you love us, you want to come on, you want to give, you want to give us some music to play here, please, by all means, just, you know, hit us up. So, all right, well, that'll do it. The, the number one hockey cast, this is the first episode. I think it's a a big hit. Um, and hopefully Tim Panaccio will obviously retweet this and, and get the word out there for us. Um, thanks guys for listening and we will see you next time. Outro music.